You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. I am Craig Borden, your host this week. Adam Corsair, my buddy. How you doing? Yo, yo, we're bringing it back. Jays Journal slash South of the Six style with JBW here tonight. There it is. I like it. And, you know, or it's just the beard gang. I know yours is a little more epic still, but <laughs> whichever way it is. But to that point, it's not quite today. Yeah, to that point, I unfortunately, where the game is going this evening with all the fun and everything, unfortunately, we're not getting ready for playoff beards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but to that point, let's talk with the quote-unquote upside in the Blue Jay uh, fandom first here before we dive into two other things of that are like gloom and doom, it seems like, at this point in Blue Jays fandom. But there's been plenty of video over the last couple of days, Mr. Corsair, that George Springer looks like he's actually doing pretty damn good from a quote unquote pretty rough injury that we all were ex- expecting to not even be, maybe even get him back this month, even especially into, you know, have a extended stay of having maybe a month of him being healthy even at that point. Nothing's been official for tonight's game yet as uh, we're recording this at, you know, seven o'clock on Wednesday evening. But it sounds like he could actually be back over the weekend or before the weekend here, Adam? Yeah, uh, I think there was a tweet from Shai Davidi um, saying that they're going to, I think Montoyo said he's not going to be back tonight or tomorrow. So I think he's going to not play the rest of the White Sox series. Here it is. Charlie Montoyo says George Springer won't be activated in the next two days. He will run bases again tomorrow, so that being Friday, with next steps determined afterwards. So you're probably right. I think we'll, we'll see him come maybe Saturday or Sunday, but we're definitely not going to see him for the remainder of this series. Yeah, but to that point, I think you're one day ahead. Oh, that's right. We're not recording this on Thursday. Right. <laughs> I know so I'm looking for the weekend too, man, but come yeah. on. <laughs> so slim chance, slim yeah. chance that he could be back for the weekend series here. And that seems to be the realistic idea at the moment. But, you know, to that point, 
unfortunately, I don't even think to what's going on right now with the Blue Jays that even that little bit of offensive boost right now, there's been just too many things of weird going back and forth. Obviously, having Springer back in the lineup is critical to having our playoff hosts, um, hopes coming up and whatnot. But to that point, do you think he's enough to keep that offense back in the game? Because it's not been showing up over the last few days. In a perfect world, you would think so, but with what we have seen, and again, small sample size, from what we have seen in terms of his recovery, especially when it comes to lower body injuries, uh, it takes a while for him to fall back into a groove. Now, the thing about that separates this injury from the previous one is he was out for a much, ostensibly, as far as we are hoping, uh, previously he was out for a much, much longer period of time, so the more you're without uh, your team and the more time you are spent without playing the game, the longer it's going to take for you to fall back into a group. So hopefully um, with his recovery time being as short as it is so far, assuming that he plays this weekend, uh, it won't take him that long. However, again, with with lower body injuries, with the history that we have of George Springer, not much, uh, it might take him a while. But this does relieve the pressure off of someone like Vladdy, off of someone like Bo, to feel that it's up to them to make this shit happen on the rig. It's up to them to save the day like uh, last night with uh, the bases loaded and the opportunity to tie the game against Detroit with Vladdy up. Um, Might have been a lot of pressure. Might have been a little bit easier if George Springer was leading off in that inning, you know? So there's the there are these variables that are both uh, consequential and advantageous. Um, Hopefully when he does come back, it doesn't take him long to get adjusted. And hopefully it gives this offense a spark, um, especially when it comes to runners in scoring position. (laughs) Yeah. I think I remember seeing the stat when they were, you know, propping that up the other night that we're batting like barely a buck 25 or something like that with runners in scoring position. I'm not going to lie. Um, isn't that like most pitchers batting averages? And we all say pitchers can't hit with shit. <laughs> so yeah. it's not just to say it's pit, people get excited about position players pitching, not pitchers actually trying to bat. So just saying, unless yeah. you're apparently Jake DeGrom, but we won't see him till next year. <laughs> yep. So, but yeah, I, I agree with you. That is probably not going to be the you know ideal super, oh my God, return that you would hope that you would get from having George Springer back in the lineup. But to that point, like you said, it is taking the load off. And, you know, it's not like the last injury. You know, he was pretty much the hottest player in baseball <laughs> at the time yeah. of getting hurt. And how much do you really lose what is over basically, you know, a week that he quote unquote missed at this point, right? It's going to be a full 10 days easy by the time, because I guess he's technically eligible tomorrow to come off the 10 day IL. But to that point, um, just seeing him run the field, he, I don't know if he's been taking batting practice and all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't seem like it was big of a drastic measure to what he had dealt with the last time. You know, obviously he hadn't seen live pitching to to the point where he had to obviously keep, you know, something moving in the right direction there for him to actually get back on the field. But to that point, it still is an injury and it's a blip in the radar to the point of, yeah, he might have only missed so much, but it does mess with your timing. And to that point, that might be the issue with him getting back in the lineup. But I'm going to slip the uh, agenda around here because unfortunately in his absence, the Blue Jays bats have gone cold. And I don't even know if I can say cold, non-existent. 
is about yeah. whereas other than splashing a random home run in here this over there it, it's been pretty rough to watch this offense over the last week definitely not hitting their averages adam and to that point the pitching's been pretty good outside of a couple of little performances that we will touch on later in the show but how much does this offense let you down and what do you think's been the biggest issue or is it springer uh, I don't know that we can say that Springer is the reason why this offense hasn't been clicking because, you know, when he wasn't playing before, the offense was it was pretty hot, albeit in minor league fields. Let's be honest. I'm not trying to disrespect the fields that they were in, but they are minor league fields. So there might have been a slight advantage in that regard. Um, I don't know. I, I just think this is the, the portion of the year in which you, you either have it or you don't. Um and right now, the Blue Jays' offense, they were humming in on the beginning of the summer and towards the middle of it. But now, in the dog days of of uh, August, they're they're struggling, and they might just be tired. Again, we've talked about this before on the show, that a lot of these players haven't played a full season, especially players like Vladdy, Bo, um, Kevin, who's not here, but Kirk, like players that... Uh, we rely on for offensive production haven't yeah. been here a full season. Um, so it's maybe just growing pains and adjustments and whatnot. But um, I think without George Springer, it's maybe it's, it's I think it's negligible for the reason why the offense isn't clicking. I think it's just fatigue. Um, that's not, again, that's not to say that if Springer was in the lineup, they wouldn't perform better. It might elevate them just a little bit or just might elevate the team average just a little bit, but you gotta, you gotta take advantage of opportunities. There was no reason to lose a series against Detroit. There was no reason to lose a series four series in a row against very beatable teams, very beatable teams. And this is not, you know, sort of lend me any confidence against teams like the Yankees or Oakland that are coming up or even Tampa Bay, um, or even Chicago right now. It doesn't yield me a lot of confidence, but so the quicker that George Springer can get back, whether it's right yeah. away without a rehab start, that's preferable, uh, the better. I think that's where it's going to be just because of that time frame we were talking there as far as his return. I really would be shocked if he goes for a rehab start. And if it is, it's literally just a tune-up. He's going for one or two games, boom, done, yeah. right back to the majors, you know. So, but to that point, you, I just randomly ran ran through our last scoreboard for the last since we went off the air on Thursday evening last week the Blue Jays have only been had been outscored 17 to 10 and that they didn't get shut out any of those nights but there were some nights that they probably should have in the midst of those offensive nights that losing four to one in the first game against Detroit it's pretty Mm -hmm. damn rough um and then the fact that just dropping two out of three against Detroit I did mention that that if you completely null out the month of April that the Detroit Tigers are actually a winning ball club and damn damn near our record actually as far as win percentage anyway Mm -hmm. it's pretty ridiculous how their season has been and how bad it got off to a start you know but to that point they're not the White Sox the White Sox were the team we were supposed to be struggling with and as much as I don't want to see Tony La Russa ever even in baseball anymore yelling at his players the way he does but he's there and waddling like a duck out to the mound so it is what it is but that game last night got out of hand, but they were able to hold them down the rest of it. So there's something right in that midst of that equation. The pitching has been solid for outside of, like I said, we're going to talk about a couple of people here in a few minutes. But the fact that there was a game there that they won two to one against the White Sox. That was a very mm-hmm. pitching ended ball game. I was shocked 
that we only scored two runs in that game. They had plenty of opportunities and plenty of opportunities out this whole week. I I wish I had it in front of me at what their actual batting for runners and scoring position was outside of the 100 number, because I have a, I have a feeling it's some ungodly number to like nothing <laughs> as far yeah. as how many hits they had. I think they had in the one game, we had 11, 11 runners in scoring position and only turned one of them around, I think. And it was on, uh, I think that was the Sunday night game or the Sunday afternoon game against the Tigers. Yep. They had at least 12 or 13 runners in scoring position. And we're able to only bring around one of them. The other two are off a of home run. So, so I have the numbers right in front of me. So the, okay. the first games again, the first game against Detroit, they were over 12 with runners in uh scoring position. The second game against Detroit, they were over two uh and with runners in scoring position. So that's a zero for fourteen over two games. And the Which third the game, game they won. <laughs> yep. And the third game, you're right, one for seventeen. So what I say, uh, zero for fourteen. So they were one for thirty one uh with runners in scoring position. That's that's really, really bad. <laughs> for a team that's boasting one of the best offenses in baseball. You know, that is just a complete opposite in a U-turn to what's, you know, what they've been having as potential for the whole season. So to the, see that kind of thing, all of a sudden, this is still the same players that were doing really, really well at the beginning of the year. And yeah, like you said, you're minus George Springer right now, but all the other guys are still the same. And this is still with upticks with Loris Gurriel Jr. doing better. Um, Randall Grichik's not existent to this point, but Corey Dickerson's been doing pretty well in that same spot. Teoscar Hernandez even finally cooled off over the last week. And um, I don't who, know who picked to click him last week, but you're, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to say it was you. <laughs> yeah, it was you. On <laughs> brand. So you broke it. But yep. uh, they, they haven't been able to really put together a entire sustainable amount of baseball games both offensively and defensively in this whole season, I feel like. So to that point of where you're at right now, we had a, a better pitching week, kind of, yeah. and then no offense. And then the other weeks, it was the flip of that. Really, really rough offense, or rough pitching weeks, and then we would have to just mash teams, which to that point, that's where our run differential looks so ridiculously good right now because you were just bludgeoning certain teams to the point where you were running away with it. Is that how you've seen the last basically good month of Blue Jay baseball to that point? Yeah, it's been a rough August. Um, like I said, the, there are four series in a row that uh, you you couldn't afford to cough up, especially with the wild card race being what uh, race, sorry, being what it was, and especially yeah. against a team like Seattle. Seattle is one of those teams that should not be in front of you in the wild card race. They just shouldn't. Um, and you let those games creep away from you. It was, it was a four. It was a, no, it was a three game series. Um, it, it's, these are missed opportunities and right now the margin of error is very, very, very slim and without, uh, the ability to sort of, uh, capitalize on them, right. And without the ability to sort of, um, utilize these winnable games to creep closer for a wild card position. Um, when you cough those up again, I don't feel comfortable against teams like Chicago. I don't feel comfortable against teams like Oakland. I don't feel comfortable against teams like New York. Hell, you know, we lost two in a row in a, for a two game series against the nationals. How much better? I, I mean, th- yeah, I mean, they have talent on the team. Don't get me wrong. But when you lose series against Seattle and you tie series against LA and you lose series against Detroit and Washington, 
Are you confident that they can welcome in teams like Oakland and New York or even travel to New York and capitalize on that for a wild card spot? Like the Yankees are sitting kind of pretty right now in their wild card uh, endeavors. Not and to mention on a freaking 11 game winning streak at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Red Sox are right there, too. Right. And they've won two straight and it, it's it's coming down to a nice rivalry for that wild card game. Um, you need to capitalize on these Blue Jays. You need to be teams like Oakland and you need to beat them pretty, pretty substantially. You need to just sweep teams like Baltimore. You cannot have these uh, these games that are extremely winnable. Just slip from your fingers. You need to sweep the Tigers. Right. So this, if you can they missed that opportunity. They have to write that ship right now. Otherwise, <laughs> I am going to pull Shea Hill and Brand with this. And I'm sorry to say this ship is sinking. <laughs> yeah. So what is it? It's it's six games total Detroit and then Baltimore straight. You cannot yeah. go. Uh, you cannot win those series two and two. You have to win them three and three. You have to sweep them both. You have to. And if you don't. You know, you're you're in an arms race with teams ahead of you. You got to pray that those teams are losing. Yeah, so that is the most to keep pace. Yeah, the most critical series of this season to determine their wild card hopes. I'm telling you, is going to be Oakland at home. Period. End of story. I really think you're right with that because as far as it goes, they're the team that's been hurting the most in this wild card race over the last ten games. Two and eight over the last ten games, where the Blue Jays are three and seven. Oh yay, we gained a game on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but to that point, the Seattle Mariners, I don't know what the hell's going on with them, but they're seven and three over the last 10 days. Yep. And then, like you mentioned, the Red Sox have a you know just above 500 record and hold clinging to their uh, second wild card spot. The Yankees are starting to separate from that group being two up on them. So it's amazing that we can say even after all this nonsense and horribleness over the last week that the Blue Jays are still somehow only five and a half games out of a wild card spot. The way they've been playing, that should be an equally bigger number. We should start looking more like dreamers with the Cleveland Indians at nine, ten, you know, games out. And that's the other thing that just kind of irks me about this whole thing, Adam. We know those next playoff, those next quote unquote wild card teams are the Indians, Angels, and Detroit, and they're all pushing double digits to get into the playoffs right now. So, and I think we're that much better than those teams. We shouldn't be in the same ballpark <laughs> but to the nope. point of not being able to put everything together all at once offensively or on the pitching side of the ball we're sacrificing we're suffering for it and it's just where it is so i do want to give props to the, the pitching staff almost as a whole because <laughs> over the last week steven Matz has done really good Robbie Ray is a Cy Young Award winner, and I'm going to honestly be really frustrated if he doesn't get some votes, especially with Shohei Tani's not getting all the press that he has been doing. He's a little slumpy. So hmm. to that point, what do you think as far as the pitching staff over the last week and how the offense, unfortunately, has let them down over that? Yeah, I have no complaints. Um, in terms of the production, um, it's been it's been better than anticipated. The bullpen's still kind of garbage. Um, I'm extremely frustrated with Montoyo and the stubbornness not to pitch Romano back-to-back games. Um, this is put up or t- shut up time. I don't care what the analytics are saying. I don't care what Alpha 5 is telling you to do. Uh, you need to win games, right? And, and it's serious. And, you know, we joke about it. We joke about the analytics department and what the computers are saying and whatnot. And I, I, I know at the end of the day, this baseball, the baseball is a, is a data-driven game right now. But... 
He's playing for his job. Like I, I sincerely think Montoyo, I'm not saying he's on the hot seat, but I'm still not convinced that he is the manager of the future. And it's decisions like these, albeit maybe not completely his own, it's decisions like these that are going to cost you games, right? You you need to win games. You are not playing not to lose. You are playing to win. So win the game. Put your pitcher and out there. The Put your best pitcher. Yes. I think we have seen it that a full out, and especially, and I think even that's been even more exaggerated over the last week, the the play not to lose thing. I'm sorry. You've got to grind this out. We're a better team than that. Fucking put the damn pedal to the metal and run with this thing. And you have to do that. To your point, you have to put the guy that you trust the most in that opportunity to, uh, to win as much as actually I enjoyed watching Connor Overton plat pitch last night. He shouldn't have ever been in that damn game to begin with if we were able to get off some starting pitching. But to that point, I don't know how much of what was wrong with Jose Barrios and the fact that the white Sox has seen him for years too many times probably so yes if he was a little bit off and the white Sox know what to look for i'm sorry to say that's what two innings looks like sometimes <laughs> so yeah. but the pitching has looked great robbie ray's off to another wonderful start tonight with his third strikeout already in two innings <laughs> so but you can't rely on everything and we need to get it all going at once. And to that point, I really am starting to question the fact that they gave Charlie Montoyo the quote unquote next year contract and what really needs to be shaking up right now. That's where I'm looking to shake things up. I know he's trying to mess with the lineup to tweak it and whatnot, but I don't think the lineup is what the problem is. It's the lack of motivation or something. There's that little piece, the nugget, whatever it is that is missing here. And I'm wondering how much it's the, locker room presence of somebody like that versus somebody like we saw on the other side of the ball that the White Sox are doing pretty damn gun, good with a lot of young players with the old veteran guy across the the field today as much as I don't like him anyway, but he knows how to win mm. baseball games. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that it necessarily has to be a veteran guy in order to spark. I mean, your point is taken. I just don't know that Montoyo is suited as a manager, that has nothing to do with his, you know, baseball knowledge. I'm sure his baseball IQ is quite high. It has to be for, you know, how long he's been in uh, a, at least a coaching role, uh, especially in one of the most respective organizations, that being the race. Um, yeah. I, I just think that there are there are certain people that can resonate with with their with their players. And I'm not saying that this isn't like football, right? There's no rah, rah. In when it comes to baseball, at least none that I can actively see. Um, I just don't know that he's he's the guy. I don't know that I envision him being the type of manager that's going to lead this team to a World Series uh, championship. Maybe I'm wrong. I would like to be. And I, yeah, I hope so, too. And, you know, again, it may not be all his decisions not to pitch certain players in certain opportunities or certain times. It may be the analytics spitting out numbers saying this is the best pitcher for this time. Maybe. But I, I just think that you need to trust your gut. And it's time that people put their big boy pants on and, and say, hey, look, you're going to pitch two nights in a row. Uh, you can uh, you can rub you can rub some some, you know, I don't know, icy hot on your on your little yeah. boo boo if it hurts and. You know, just just you got to pitch. We're we're paying you to pitch, not to pitch every other day. Yeah, and to that point, right now, that the 
the workload thing could change very drastically over the next two weeks. Right now, they should be hurrying up and getting whoever they can out there. And, okay, great, we fucked up. You know, okay, here's your break and your time. And we're going to start working guys like Connor Overton and to the point where we can see how they fit into this team next year. These next two weeks are the Blue Jays' season. If they don't first take down the Tigers and then the Orioles over this week, this is going to be a very, very cold, bleak talk next week for the Jays fans on this show if we can't figure out a way to – you know, get some wins going here over the next week because this is their season in the next two weeks. Otherwise, they're going to be too far out, even though they are going to be playing a lot of those teams. There's too much to go through on that point, too. It's going to be a little rough, I think, um, Adam, to the, that we can even get anywhere if we don't do something in the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they're in control of their own destiny at this point, and it's going to either come down to bold or stubborn, boneheaded positions. What do you have to lose? What do you have? If the goal is to make a playoff run, if you made these trades to make a playoff run, you need all hands on deck. You can't be finessing with, oh, well, we need to make sure this guy is is fresh or whatnot. If that's the case, if you're going to play that game, you got to run your starters out for longer than what you have. You got to let them go a little bit more than. I don't know, five, six, even seven innings. Let them pitch into the eighth. If you're going to be the stubborn, if they're if they're in a groove, if you're going to be the stubborn and you're going to go with the, the Trent Thorntons of the world, I'm sorry, you're not going to make the playoffs, right? You, you just, you can't hope for a prayer that something's going to click. Um, and again, these these We're upcoming games, yeah, these this winnable series upcoming against Detroit is crucial. The Oakland series is absolutely crucial for their if they, again if they lose that series that i think it's it i think it's a wrap yeah and to that point that if you're going to take advantage of anything right now you have an opportunity over the next week to kick the a's while they're down and steal it from them mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing and in the midst of that whoever wins that series might be the other wild card because i still don't think boston's got it all clicking right either you don't think so i don't know I there's something I, I enjoyed them up into the last week, but even watching their highlights and stuff for the last week, there's some flaws going on in that team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it they're starting to rise to the surface, I think, as we were talking about, even with the Blue Jays now that, you know, people are getting tired near the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Those same guys that have been carrying them all season are starting to look a little uh, thin <laughs> as far as that kind of goes. They've managed to win six out of their last ten. But to that point, I wonder how much of it is going to keep continuing or if them going, you know, that kind of just above 500 baseball is enough to string them into the playoffs. I think whoever gets this momentum over the next week, and it could be the Oakland A's finally waking back up and running back into that playoff spot. And they're they're neck and neck right now. That's how it is. It's going to be. I really think that series will be like, to your point, the Blue Jays put up or shut up, especially if they don't get to that series with something winning in their pocket yeah yeah uh, like i said so they have they have detroit after this series um it's a good time for the blue jays to take advantage because oakland at home has four against the yankees four so if the blue jays can capitalize on with this series if they can split against the white Sox, i'm just asking for a split i'd love it if they won three more two more but if they can split against the white Sox, sweep detroit and the Yankees pummel on Oakland, there's some ground right there, right? They they have ground to gain. Then the Blue Jays face uh, Baltimore, and unfortunately, the A's have Detroit after that. So, I mean, it but might not be But to that point, like favor. I said, Detroit's not rolling over and dying. They're in the 
trying to establish themselves for next season role. So they're going to take it to freaking A's. Yeah, Yeah, we're unfortunately seeing it. Yeah. (laughs) So, and we have to go through that same thing again this weekend. But like I said, there is a lot that could happen in the Blue Jays' favor, but they, in the meantime, have to hurry up and figure out how to put offense and pitching together and find some way to get that going. And (laughs) to that point, we get to face Lucas Giolito tonight. It's just, (laughs) you know, it's not much fun. And I I was just trying to look up who they're facing to close out the series tomorrow. And it's going to be Ryu, I know for us. Oh, it's, oh yeah, Carlos Rodon, you know, he's a slouch. Well, I'm sure we'll have a really good time with him tomorrow. (laughs) So, and I know Ryu has been swinging back up in the, hopefully in the right direction here, but I think tonight, if they're hoping to split the series, they need to, they need to get Giolito. Cause I think it's yeah. going to get that much harder tomorrow night with Rodon and Giolito has been very hit or miss this year. So with our luck, we'll get hit for um, right. you know, Giolito running away with a game on a near no hitter or something. <laughs> but to that point, I'm hoping that, you know, me saying that just jinx that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but then rolling into the weekend, like I said, we're not getting anything to be, you know, crazy easier, you know, having to face the Detroit Tigers in Detroit. Right. They're only four, four. It, it, it's amazing what records look like, but they're really only four wins behind us for the season. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but again, that probably is the worst division in baseball. Let's be honest. Right. I, I would think the central is it's it's definitely up there. I. I yeah. I, Very I'm confident, though. So yeah, I would expect I mean, the Twins to be a lot better this year. Yeah, I mean the NL Central is not that much better, but the AL Central is just disgusting. So <laughs> there, if we're talking about inner divisional games between uh, Detroit and the rest of the Central, that might have something to do with the you know influencing their record. But against competition, like look, I don't want to hate on him because he's been great all year. But that misplay by Simeon was more than costly. We're talking about a different series if that was right to the chest, right? And and that was a winnable game, right? It, w- it was sealed. It was done. Um, so those little mishaps can't happen. And I'm obviously those things aren't necessarily repeatable. They typically aren't when it comes to veteran players like Simeon. So if we find ourselves in a position like that, I'm not saying the exact same play, but I wouldn't anticipate any sort of boneheaded plays when we play teams like Detroit and Baltimore. And if we can eliminate those, which I'm pretty fairly certain we can, um, and just adequate bullpen play, we should be able to win those games. Should be able to. And like we were talking about, hopefully uh, it sounds like the other guy we, we forgot to mention here too, that could help the bullpen is Joaquin Soria may apparently through live VP to George Springer yep. today. That's yep. the headline I just just literally read while you were talking. So, like like I said, hopefully they get this going and they can figure that out. But the one last thing I want to talk to you about before we get into some of the normal everyday things. Sure. Um, and actually, not last thing. It's only been a half hour in. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, okay, we've been doing like crap. Move on. <laughs> Hurry up and hopefully get something going. But I want to talk Jose Barrios. And I want to talk to the point of what are you seeing? Because I, I propped him up pretty good last week after the quote unquote rough start. And I had mentioned a minute ago that the white Sox got to see a lot of him over the last few years. Yep. So was that part of it or what? But he gave up, he well, he's charged five earned runs for him while he was on the mound, I believe. So that's pretty damn rough for a guy that was expected to be quote unquote, one of the better pitchers in baseball coming in our direction, especially one of the better pitchers being traded at the trade deadline. 
We have him for another season, so I am only so worried about it. But how critical is his success to the Blue Jays actually having a freaking go at this? Oh, it's obvious because Pete Walker got tossed, right? And then obviously that's that's what ruined the broke show. No, um, what have I been seeing from Barrios? Not much. I mean, <laughs> not as much as I would yeah, like I to. I understand you're not seeing much other than, you know, runs went up on the board for the other team. But right. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, you know, 6Ks. That's that's okay. You know, he gave, only gave up one dinger. Um, it was four out of four runs to earn run ratio there. So all his runs were earned. Um, I just I don't I don't know if it's an adjustment. I don't know if it was the fact that he was playing a team within the division that he sort of fell off. Um, maybe you know the division he used to play for. Maybe that influenced it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was because they done their homework. They being the White Sox have done their homework on him, and they're familiar with him. Um, he was pitching when he was with the twins against them this year before he last night. Right. Right. So I don't know. I, I think that maybe it's just an adjustment period and maybe a, he too is fatigue. I, I hope to God there's nothing physically wrong with him. I hope it is just exhaustion. Um, but again, it, it's, it's all hands on deck. The, he just seems like maybe he's trying to do a little too much. Um, and I don't, I don't know that he's trying to prove himself to a team that, you know, actively traded for him. Um, but I, I just, I don't want to speculate that it's a mental thing when it comes to him. I, I just think that it's, it's just an adjustment. And do I think that he's going to pitch better than this? Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll all even out. Um, and I'm not at all, you know, upset or regretful when it comes to the trade. I still would have made the trade. Um, and I think next year he's going to be extremely valuable for a rotation that as of today only consists of really three people. Um, so I'm not overly concerned, but again, when it comes to the margin of error for this team, it's very slim. So remember back when we were four games against the White Sox this year and they've hit him pretty hard every time. There you go. They've been a good 286 against him for those four games. Okay. All right. So they it's Five familiar, runs, which is the most of any team he's given away over yeah. the last few years. When it comes to Barrios, he's not losing a rotation spot. But remember the, the parallel. I'll sort of draw to it again. It's not a direct one, but um, remember earlier in the season when I said, "Okay, I'm going to give Ross Stripling one more start. I'm going to give him one more start to see how he performs," and then he completely bounced back and made adjustments. I'm going to give Barrios one more start to prove that he can help this team in their playoff aspirations. I'm not saying if he, you know, screws up or underperforms again, I want him out of the rotation. None oh, yeah. of that sort. It just makes me point with these games being high risk right now. You're yeah. worried if he's not right, you don't want to put him on the hill. Or at least for no, a it's, start. Maybe. It's more that I don't have confidence that he can get us to where we need to be. And he's good. He's a great addition to the, to the rotation that was already thin as it was, but yeah. it's going to take more than just him to really stabilize this rotation. Now I have my eyes a little bit more towards 2022 than a postseason run in 2021. If he's not going to do exactly what the blue Jays traded him to do. Correct. Traded for him to do, I should say. I got you. So, I'm I'm with you in that same boat, but I I honestly I didn't even think about that whole thing you just mentioned there. It's like okay, these are critical innings, all hands on deck. It, it, 
you're hoping for the best for him. If he get he gets rough another again, that'll be three rough starts right in a row for him. Mm-hmm. And a week that we were just saying that is mission critical for the Blue Jays to having a real go at the playoffs. That second start in the next two, you know, I might be thinking is, is he would be technically due to start, I think, Sunday then would be the next, would be the fifth day. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday. Okay. So has that rough start then on Monday, you know, come the next weekend, they'll be playing the Orioles. Maybe that's. It's a winnable that, game. No, I, yeah. That yep. maybe that's the it's, last chance to make sure he's right before you go take on the Oakland A's. Yeah. Yeah. And even in that one, two, three, he'd be in line to pitch the last game against Oakland. So that's Sunday. Um, yeah. To start, to have a bounce back performance to start a series against Baltimore is advantageous. That is something that you're, I hope he's licking his chops for and saying, okay, that's, that is a confidence boosting game. That is something that I can oh, really I'm about dig to ruin your confidence. Why was that? <laughs> I'm still looking at the opponents for this year for him. And he actually had two rough starts against the Oakland, oh, the Orioles earlier in this season. Yeah, but that was like <laughs> early fall. He was rough to begin with before he really, yeah. you know, got his form. So I'm thinking of that with a grain of salt, but two starts and giving up. Uh, where was it? I just lost it. <laughs> no, they were batting 226. So I guess regardless of that, they were two rough starts that maybe he did that to himself just as much. So yeah. anyway, to that point, though, complete the, the opposite. Yeah, complete opposite yeah. against a couple of other teams that he would be facing down the stretch. So, and apparently he just chews up the Red Sox. So that wouldn't be the worst thing to eventually, if we did get in the playoffs and ended up facing anybody or whatnot. So, I can see why looking at the AL East numbers that the Blue Jays were very intrigued by uh, having having Rios on this team to begin with. Other than the obvious that he looks normally like a good pitcher, and I don't think there's any shadow of a doubt that he's still going to be a good t- pitcher for this uh, ball club. But yes. right now, have to win. Got to figure something out. And if we can't get him hitting on all cylinders over the next week here, which is unfortunately a pretty damn quick U-turn for anybody to all of a sudden say, your adjustment period is over. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it could be rough, right? I really would think that they got to think about how they can stagger him around and get him to eat up innings properly when they know they have to win over the next few weeks. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's got these winnable games. He's got these opportunities to sort of sink his teeth into them and take advantage of it and build that confidence. And if the Jays want to, you know, make a postseason push, it I'd be surprised if they didn't have a players only meeting. I really would be. I'm kind of surprised something hasn't happened like that already with the fact that of all these veterans that are now on this club. And I honestly wonder how that would correspond with a certain George Springer return as well. Yeah. So. And honestly, that players only meeting might be pending how these next two days go. Yeah, it really could be. So, but I do think that somebody needs to rattle cages, whether that's Montoyo or somebody internally to the Blue Jays clubhouse, something ain't right. And they know they're better than this. And you can see it all over them. They're frustrated as hell, but they're all pressing because they are frustrated as hell. And that leads to, unfortunately, what we've been seeing over the last two, three weeks. Basically, since the homestand and the the barrio jacket came out in the play, period. <laughs> so, um, I'm not gonna blame it on the jacket though. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
to that point, I'm going to talk about maybe giving the Barrio jacket to another gentleman that was a little separate of a special celebration, once again coming at the cost of the Toronto Blue Jays fandom, and that was watching Miguel Cabrera hit his 500th career home run against the Toronto Blue Jays this weekend. I love Miguel Cabrera, one of, easily one of my favorite players that's played baseball outside of the Toronto Blue Jays. Guy's just fun. He has a good time. He plays the game the way it's supposed to be. I just really wish that it wasn't a home run against the Toronto Blue Jays. But then again, it came in a game where, correct me if I'm wrong, that didn't lead to anything to the Blue Jays. That was the 3-2 to win, right? Correct. If I remember yeah. right. Correct. So if he was going to pick a day to do it, all right, great. He did it against us, and we still happen to win the ball game. So, But to that point, was that fun for you to watch? It was a weird home run. I, you know, it kind of flipped it to the other side, and there you go. But very typical Miguel Cabrera, even how he started his career with the Marlins. I don't hate it. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest. Actually, sorry, that was that was the Sunday game, I think. Yeah. In which they lost. That was the Simeon era. Um, yeah. That's, I don't hate okay. it. I don't hate it. And look, uh, Toronto fans <laughs> were super classy, right? They were... There was no booing. They knew the moment. They understood. They read the room. And they gave him the ovation that he deserved. Um, this is someone that has... He might be one of the best right-handed hitters I've ever seen. Um, and I've seen him live. And I remember um, I saw him up in the Rogers Center. And he had a home run. And there was a Detroit fan behind me. And I said, uh, oh, man, he that, that was a, a fantastic home run or something like that. He's like, yeah. oh. First one, huh? I'm like, yeah, it's my first time seeing a, <laughs> uh, a Miggy home run live. And he's like, yeah, it, it's a thing of beauty. And it is. And uh, I just think when you have those moments in baseball, you know, these milestone moments, you're not going to forget them. And whether it is for or against your favorite team, um, it's it's part of witnessing history of the game, right? It, it as, as painful as it is, right, would I hate seeing a perfect game pitched against the Blue Jays? No, I just think that'd be kind of cool. Like, how often do you get to experience one of those? So, on the one hand, it sucks that it's against your favorite team, but on the other hand, you're witnessing baseball history. Same thing with the first challenge ever made in baseball was uh, John Gibbons on, I think it was against Tampa Bay. It was a slide to second, and the Blue Jays lost that challenge, but it's it's in the record books, the Blue Jays were the first team yeah. to challenge ever, right? So, again, Miggy is his 500 home run against the Blue Jays. I just focus on the against the Blue Jays kind of thing, and I just take pride in it. To that point, I think that was literally probably the only bad pitch that Steven Matz threw the other night. Oh, yeah. It, it was a, it was a neat <laughs> ball. So, Miguel Cabrera joins the 500 home run club with that. Only 28 members in all of Major League Baseball history. One Blue Jay guy on the outside looking in and Fred McGriff at 497. Not a Hall of Famer. Everybody else on this list either probably will be a home uh, hall of famer in the very new future or you know already is <laughs> and then there's you know 10 10 people that joined during the steroid era but that's a whole nother argument <laughs> yep. Yep. but to me miguel cabrera is a first bat hall of famer class act player insanely hard nose batted above 300 while doing all this too 500 home runs is that plateau that you would think. That, and I honestly am a true believer that if somehow, you know, I think that's the one reason Fred McGriff look, gets looked over. Well, well, he was only three home runs short of 500. Don't, and I'm like, okay, well, great. But he was one of the best playoff bats of all time for the Braves. <laughs> but don't worry yeah. about all that. 
But Miguel Cabrera is just a constant professional and honestly ambassador of the game. And I love watching him. I was very happy to see that, regardless of the fact of what you were saying, that it was against the Blue Jays. Okay, we're a footnote in history on that. We've been that for two Justin Verlander no hit or no hitters of James Paxson yeah. no hitter, <laughs> all these things, and we have one no hitter in our whole you know career uh, of history with Dave Steep. So <laughs> this is how the ball rolls, and sometimes our, we'll get our turn, especially with the Blue Jays players that we have coming through here. Um, I, I didn't think about this until I just said it. Do you think any of the Blue Jays' current rosters or youngsters actually has a chance to even eclipse some kind of major league milestone like this with the 500 home runs or anything like that? Is there anybody that you think has the career makeup to be able to do that? Or are we looking at guys that are who, I, I, like to that point also, a guy like Boba Shett, I think, could do a 30-30 yeah. season things like that. Is there anything that you are, would put on blue Jays in the next maybe 10, 15 years of current roster guys or think, you know, that you would think might have a chance at doing something cool like that in a blue Jay uniform for a chance in a blue Jay uniform. All right. So I guess the person that has the best chance obviously would be Vladdy. Um, I think he has the, the power and he's young enough that he can do it in a pretty decent chunk of time. Um, That's the key given- right there is the young enough factor. Yeah, yeah, especially if they extend them, and we're looking at probably like an eight to ten year extension anyway with Laddie. Yep. Um, when that happens, I should say. Um, yeah, I think he has the best chance of doing so. But looking at the other players in the lineup right now, especially those that are going to be around for the long term, you figure Teoscar is going to be around for the long term. I don't see that in his makeup. Uh, I definitely don't see it from Bo. Um, Power's just not necessarily there to to hit five hundred home runs for her career. Yeah. Um, uh, I see a lot of guys that are going to have a lot of hundred RBI seasons in our future. Yeah. That crazy potential to be able to run away with some kind of, I would, I was curious what your opinion would be on that. Cause I was thinking that same thing. The only one that's really super young enough is Vlad. And yeah. the only other guy I can think of that might actually have a chance at something pretty crazy is he's the only one I think that could even get you in the ballpark of 3000 hits, maybe Boba Shett. But looking at our Meyer league systems, like Relvis Martinez just fucking hits all day, every day. <laughs> you look at him hit in the Meyer leagues. He's going to be in that same ballpark as Vlad. that he's young enough that he could maybe do something crazy with his career stats. But it's insanely hard to do all major league history, 28 players that have ever hit 500 home runs to even say that we have a guy that as an outside chance, I thought was pretty cool. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has the best chance out of anybody. And honestly, he's the most obvious candidate, right? Lourdes is not going to do it. Kevin's not going to do it. If he's still on the team, Kirk's not going to do it. Even the young guys come up. Groshan's definitely is not going to do it. Um, there's just, I, I just don't see anybody else. And I think the last Blue Jay player to do it, wasn't it Thomas? Frank Thomas hit his 500th home run as a Blue Jay, but like that would, that's one you would never in a million years predict. No. He was one of those guys to me that was a shoe in to be a Chicago White Sox his whole He's career. a White Sox forever. Yes, yes, yes. And, and like that's all I ever picture him as. And as much as I loved watching him those two years as a Blue Jay fan, because he was the reason that we all got excited those few years. Oh, yep. we have this good lineup, and then we have Frank Thomas in the five hole. There's no way we can fail, right? Oh, well, yeah, if we had David Eckstein in the leadoff spot, batting 200, and <laughs> our stand-up player those couple of years was Marco Scudero, just saying. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I think you for Scudero. I love Scudero, but 
Yeah. It was that. It was right here. So fuck you. Yeah. It was those years that Marco Scudero was there. We were getting the uh, Eric Hinsky really wasn't doing anything at third base. It. <laughs> yeah. um, then we were hoping Brett Laurie came in and ran with it. The Colby Rasmus years. <laughs> There's just too much fun going on there. And honestly, those those overhyped years are actually why I'm starting to feel like that my optimism's fading <laughs> for this season to that point. But I digress. I don't know how you feel on that or if you even want to touch no, it. it but. Smells, it smells familiar. I, 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 <laughs> I did literally name this episode after a Shea Hillenbrand quote, just saying. <laughs> Not a lot of people picked up on it, but those that did, you know. Those that did, you've obviously been as pain and suffering as long as Adam and I and Brendan. So. <laughs> Get your anger hats ready, fans. <laughs> it's not on a whiteboard. It doesn't count. Yeah, I know. I couldn't. I don't have a whiteboard. There's nowhere. You know, I got to hurry up and figure that out so I can put yeah, cheeky shenanigans up in my new room here. <laughs> so, but anyway, what's next for this team? Hmm. Where we currently stand. I are you planning your off season already, Mister Corsair, or are you? hoping to finally catch fire and run away with something. I know what you're hoping, but what do you think is realistic? Again, it's really hard to, to gain confidence against teams like Detroit and Baltimore. If you're not winning series against Seattle, LA split again, Detroit, Washington, these are games that you should be winning. Um, the only advantageous thing about that is that minus the Detroit series is that they're still going to be home. So, well, against, uh, sorry, with the exception of Detroit this weekend, but yeah. Baltimore, they're going to be home. Um, and then they're leading into an Oakland series. So what do I think is going to happen? I think they're going to play slightly above average. I don't know that it's going to be good enough. Um, yeah. They're not playing like a playoff team. Are they on paper a playoff team? Sure, right? But, you know, you have teams that apparently the AL East just decided to catch fire this year, minus Baltimore, right? So you have a lot of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have a lot of competition in front of you. Somehow Seattle is like, I don't know how many games over 500 they are, but they're sneaky okay, I guess. Um, I want them to make a playoff push. I want to be super excited. I want to watch October baseball. There's nothing like it. You know, the cold weather watching baseball is great. Don't feel the advantage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even that, just the stress and the white knuckling of the chair of a one game wild card series or what, just a game. It's just, it's delightful. You know, I, I just love it. Even if we don't win, I just, I just love having the opportunity to say, Hey, we made it to the playoffs. Um, do I think they will? Not if these teams ahead of them are still performing the way they do, and not if they keep coughing up games. So as of right now, I'm cautiously optimistic. By this time next week, depending on whether or not my child is born, we're going to know. I'm going to know. I'm going to make <laughs> I'm it. I'm going to get your rant on recording, and I'm just going to play it during the show. Hang on. Yeah, look, <laughs> I'll, I'll, send it, I'll send it in a phone call. I, I if if they cough up series and this time next week they're for the next handful of games is below 500, they don't have a shot. Yeah. Tend to agree with yeah. you. And I'm not quite in the honeymoon phase here where I'm counting the season out 
hundred percent, but I am starting to wonder. And I think I'm going to blame Connor Overton, honestly, now that I've mentioned him three times in this episode, yeah. watching him pitch yesterday, got me a little excited. Okay. What else do we have roaming around in our Meyer league system that could actually help us next year? And yeah. if we are out of it in the next two weeks, that's the planning we're in right now. That's September call up baseball for a team that doesn't get to make the playoffs. That's what you're trying to do. Major league experience for guys that didn't get it. They wouldn't have had a chance otherwise to play with the Blue Jays that season, unless we were in that. Sorry, no, no fun mode for the playoffs, but there is a chance the stars could align perfectly, but it is going to take the Blue Jays playing way above 500 level baseball and counting on the Yankees, Red Sox, or the Oakland A's tanking all of a sudden to that point. Like I said, we are playing two of those three teams, but yes, and in all the reality, I hope the real Mariners show up too. Would be the other wild card on that. <laughs> and by real Mariners, I mean the ones that don't know how to win baseball games that they shouldn't be winning. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, look, I don't want to. I don't want to give off an impression that this, these midseason moves and the signing of George Springer and whatnot were all for nothing. Oh, yeah. Certainly not. They, I would still make this Barrios trade. And again. You know, we're watching. We watched Riley Adams take the Blue Jays on a clinic for those two games, <laughs> but he wasn't going to be part of this team's future. You know, and, and Brad Hand is awful, but like it, it's not <laughs> like there would be anything else really given up, given to us just for Riley Adams straight up, right? So it, I don't. It was regret any rental, and it would have looked very oddly similar to Brad Hand in some yeah. fashion. Yeah, and and Adams wasn't going to be a part of this team's future. So the only thing that you sacrificed, really, and I I, don't, I say only things, I don't mean that lightly, and you know, in terms of the quality here, but Austin Martin and SWR, those are the things that you know will put a dent in your minor league system. But at the same time, you still have Rios for another year, right? So it it didn't determine necessarily anything about the Blue Jays' long term future when it comes to these moves. So I'm still excited for this team. I'm still yeah optimistic for the future and what it holds and maybe a 2022 depending on the aggressiveness of the offseason to be when it comes to this front office i'm still very optimistic but when it comes to the end of the season they're just slumping at the worst time the worst possible and they're wasting robbie ray starts by the day right hurtfully so (laughs) yeah no, what do we have? Still no score? Yeah, zero zero. Uh, okay. Yeah. So but to that point, the other reason that they were able to even think about moving somebody like, you know, Riley Adams, who actually has a shot to be to me, he's gonna be Jan Gomes in a few years. Oh, he's wow. sudden, I, I really think that's his ceiling, right? He's gonna find he's bad. a good catcher. He's a good catcher. He's gonna find a way to get, you know, good offense and you know, drive in some runs and probably bat you around two thirty, two forty. But to that point, handle a pitching staff. That's what you were going to get from Riley Adams as, as your best case scenario, right? To that point in our minor league system right now, we have a guy that might win the minor league MVP period in Gabriel Moreno. Right. And right. his emergence batting a buck, um, a mere 373 for, you know, the season in the minor leagues <laughs> is the reason Riley Adams all of a sudden is like, okay, well, why are we holding down a 40 man roster spot? for Riley Adams when we could get something that could help us win right now. And that's what the Blue Jays tried to do. They rolled the dice on a guy that they liked in the off season. We have yet to see what everybody else saw the last year and a half from Brad hand, who was a good pitcher until basically a month before the Blue Jays started trading for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
it is what it is. I really hope that we get the last bit of good baseball out of Brad Hand over the next month because that is another key thing that we need to get. And uh, these guys stepping up and continuing to help this team win. And I still think he's got something there, but I can't have him in high leverage innings. I would rather be taking a no. wild card and throwing somebody out there right now, anybody. And to that point, we have enough young guys in that bullpen right now that are hungry and want to eat up those innings. And a couple yep. of them might be earning spots to that. Yep. Um, and hopefully we get Soria and either Nate Pearson or Julian Merriweather back in the next few, couple of weeks here. And we can continue to have this conversation with some better players involved. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> yeah. That's, I, now that maybe that would be next week's episode name. There you go. <laughs> so, Anyway, Adam, it's unless you have something else to add to the actual Blue Jays news and fandom, it's time for picks the click. <laughs> All right. So I already let the cat out of the bag that you're the hex of Tay Oscar Hernandez by picking him last week. I had Alejandro Kirk. Yeah, he did about as good as Tay Oscar. <laughs> and a couple key hits. I'll give him that. But then again, to the point of what you just said, I'm thinking Brandon Panikar blows us away with Robbie Ray. <laughs> yeah. Again. So. I'm going to call, call that one up and I'll make sure I text him after the show. If in case he's not listening, yeah. <laughs> that he, he earned driving, so. I think that means he took the lead. Did he, did he already have it or no? He had the lead. He's separating now. <laughs> he's got two wins. Oh, wait, on wait, wait. One way me. What was the week before? I gave it to him for Tay Oscar. That was the last hot week that he had. That's right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was the, okay. the night we were waiting for that last game for it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't need to. But right okay. now, Robbie Ray's yeah. doing pretty damn good in the start that we're seeing so far, and he yeah. had one of the better starts of the season the other day. So, I and obviously he blew away your R two picks, so that's the easy win right. for him. So right. anyway, seeing he's not here to go first, and uh, you are currently the two behind from him. How? What's your pick for this week? Who do you think gets hot and runs away with something this week? I don't have the confidence to go Vladdy, even though that would be bold. I don't have the confidence to do that. Um, uh, On the pitching side, you would probably get two stars from Hyunjin Ryu and probably Alec Manoa would be two. Yeah, Manoa was okay yesterday. He wasn't crazy good, but he was he was all right. Uh we're looking at starts against Detroit and Baltimore, huh? Um, yeah, Baltimore's the team that I think Baltimore's the team that got him ejected. I think that was the yeah. game. Yeah, let's go Manoa. You know, let it fly. <laughs> just gonna run with it and hope that he uh, yeah. runs away with it. Yeah, he did. He did good against them. That didn't he have a second start against them already? I think when they so. were still in Buffalo. Yeah. I remember him doing pretty damn well. Oh, wait, that's right. He's only done well. He's only done well outside of one. Yeah. Start right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll have to get Brendan to phone in his pick, but to me, I'm, uh, I had one on my head and I'm second guessing myself right now. I'm going to go with Lourdes. He's hit the Oriole, the Orioles pretty well. So I'm not maybe so much that's, week against the Detroit, you know, this weekend against Detroit, but I think his uh, series against matching the uh, Orioles at the beginning of the week there will help me out. Okay. So All right. that's my idea. And fans, 
don't forget that uh, we keep forgetting to tell all of you every week. So we kind of just end up having our fan guest spot chalk back up to uh, the Robbie Ray spot for our uh, good friend, Chris Key. (laughs) (laughs) But to that point, make sure you submit those and we'll give you a shout out if you happen to give the, uh, you know, the good pick of the week for uh, who's going to stand out in the, you know, between recordings on our show. And we try to land on each week where we're, you know, in between series on off day. I don't think we actually have one of those this week because I actually play all basically, right? Do we have a Thursday off? No. Next Thursday. Next Thursday, yep. So we'll have to, you know, meet up and see what the heck's going on with your life by that next week (laughs) for when we're recording, but we'll talk. You will know. Any last final words, sir? No, no, it's just they're not out of it. I don't want anyone to think that we're relaying a sense of pessimism here. They're not out of it. Um, they just have to clean it up. And if they can clean it up, um, I will be cheering just as loud as anybody for this team, no matter what happens in that wild card game. Even if it's like the second wild card, you know, that that series against Tampa Bay where we got pummeled. I'll still be watching, still be cheering, still be loving it. Um, this team has potential and it just, they just got to click and they've done it before that we've seen it. We've seen them click perfectly, just got to click. And, uh, let's hope the month of September yields that that's it. So it, you want next week's episode to be called, I don't hear no fat lady. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they get swept by Detroit and then take, and then- you know, at that point, a sweep against Baltimore and they lose to three against Detroit and three against Baltimore. Cue the oh. fat lady. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> to that point, I knew Robbie Ray was having a hell of a season, right? But the, the graphic they just showed on where he is in MLB rankings for strikeouts is slightly ridiculous. I didn't realize he had more strikeouts than Corbin Burns, who is having yeah. one of the best major league baseball seasons only eclipsed by, you know, Jake DeGrom and Zach Wheeler, basically, right? <laughs> and the National yeah. League. Um, he is two strikeouts behind Garrett Cole for the uh, third, for the second place in the majors. That's slightly ridiculous. Yeah, so, it's, it's good company. Pay that man. Yes, <laughs> yes. That will easily be a show title name soon, sooner or later. Pay the Ray. <laughs> yes. Give me Ray over right. Simeon. I don't even think that's a hot take. I don't even think it's a hot take either. We need pitching. Yeah, I feel like we can make, I feel like there's enough offense in our lineup already and with what's coming down the pipe to make up that. But when you just traded Simeon Woods Richardson, who was your next closest arm, because I can't I don't know what I'm getting from Nate Pearson to the point. I know where you agree on that yet to say that I can even give him a chance past a tryout next spring. Um, so at that point, you got to hurry up and lock up pitching. And that is a pretty damn, you know, a well-rested Jose Barrios ready to come in and hopefully click you'll have Hyunjin Ryu and then Robbie Ray at the top of that rotation. That is pretty fearsome and should be able to take anybody for years to come here. If we can figure out how to keep them around. So to that point, if you have nothing else to add, I think it's that time where we do two claps and a Ric Flair. Let's do it. <laughs> Woo. Let's go blue Jays. And thank you. Oh, stadium. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Peace.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.